In the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Welcome to the All Things Then podcast, a vision inspired by the truth found in God's word and designed to inform, educate, and impact you in every way. My name is Akitunde Idowu, and I am your host. Join us as we embark on a journey to becoming a better version of ourselves. So please, let's, let's go ahead. You can introduce yourself, and then I will go Okay, um, very quickly, thank you very much, Timmy, for this opportunity to have this conversation with you. My name is Manuel Steven Oluwasha, and I have my bio. So, uh, very quickly, that's what I like to identify myself with briefly. I am a dyslexia advocate. I, every other thing uh, is reserved for as much as this conversation is concerned. I'm a dyslexia advocate. and advocates for the rights of people with dyslexia in Nigeria. And I'm privileged to be the founding director of Inclusive Classroom Nigeria. And our work is also centered on this, to provide early and crisis intervention to kids with learning disabilities. So that's what mm. I do, and that's who I am. Thank you. All right. OK, so for me, my name is Timitokwe. I am primarily an engineer, but I got into uh, dyslexia advocacy in 2020. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit more. But yeah, so I I love children. I've always worked with children. I've been working with children since I was 15. So I teach in the children's church of my the children's department of my church. And then that was where my love for children came from. And then when I learned about how there were some children that wouldn't even understand the Bible I was teaching because of this lecture, I decided to start to speak up about it. So uh, very nice to meet you again, sir. And briefly, I would like you to talk a little bit about what got you into like the world of this lecture awareness. When did it all start for you? Was it that you met a child? Like just briefly, what, how did the whole this lecture awareness, uh, this lecture advocate journey start for you? All right, that's a very good question. It all started in the year 2020. That was the year of the pandemic, generally, globally. And one thing led to the other, and that's what I'm going to explain very quickly. I had just come back from service in 2019, the NYC. So, and prior to my service here, I'd, I'd been doing research and all of that. So I just wanted something different. I wanted a different form of research. Yes, I had investigated on emotional intelligence, self-esteem. Those were my area of researches and I've published uh, quite extensively on that. So I wanted something more practical, something I could relate with. So I was just on the internet, just trying to look forward, just learning as my uh, personal routine is. And then on LinkedIn, I stumbled on just the word dyslexia and someone was saying something about it. And I was like, okay, what is it? Then in a spirit of inquisition i tried looking up on google and i found out that oh wow it's a learning disability and my first degree is in guidance and counseling so i was like how did i study guidance counseling for four years in the university and i never came across this thing so what is it about it and so i learned and the more i read more the more i got interested and i was like okay can i just know more about this unfortunately i couldn't get more information so I just felt that should be the same plight of many other people. So many uh, misinformation out there. 
And I was like, okay, can I just get it? appropriate information and so uh interestingly i got to connect with someone on linkedin and that was who eventually became a very good friend and so he was doing a lot of webinars uh, he was presenting across the world on that subject and i was like okay i'll attend some of his webinars and then when i attended i discovered that wow there's a lot of gap i needed to know and how much more many educators and many people in the country so i that should be June. I connected with a friend on LinkedIn and then we just got talking and we, I just shared my passion with her. And she was like, okay, yeah, Steven, let's create an awareness. And together with my friend, uh, who was very new to me, then we hosted the first dyslexia webinar in Nigeria. And that was that was massive. And we got so many uh, participants around the world and that was how the world started. So we had a conversation, some other stakeholders from Nigeria came around and we we're like, wow, yes, we've heard. Okay, some said we've never heard. And so uh, at the, should I say the communique for that uh, webinar was that we should not stop. We should keep creating more awareness. We should keep doing the good work that was perceived at that time. So uh, in that light, we had to host another webinar. I just shortly after that, and that was for teacher training because we identified clearly that teachers need to know about this and they need to spread the word. We could not reach everyone, and apparently, and uh, logistically, we could not. So, obviously, if we had to reach more teachers, we should uh, more pupils and students. We should reach more teachers, and so we hosted that webinar. And prior to hosting that webinar. I needed, I knew the way things work. So I said, okay, I needed to create a structure for this because I don't just have to be passionate about this and I needed to have a structure to get this done. So I, I registered in Inclusive Classroom Nigeria and got registered, got my papers, and that was what led to the next webinar for mm. teaching and training teachers on Inclusive Classroom practices. And to be honest with you, I do not have all of the skills. So at the second webinar, I, I just had, I knew I could not be a speaker. So I needed to have someone who is well experienced to be the speaker while I still keep learning myself. So I had to reach out to Professor Catherine, who had been very helpful too. So she connected from Race University in, in Canada and we had a webinar and it was a success too. So interestingly, most of our webinars had always been uh, graced by participants locally and internationally. So uh, that's broadened my horizon. And people keep saying, okay, Stephen, I think you need to do more about this. But I needed to be true to myself. I said, okay, yes, I know I needed to share more news. I needed to do more, but I do not have enough information myself. So I'm as I'm, I'm as ignorant as many of the teachers out there. So it's where I get information about this. So, you know, and that's what, what led me to the introduction class course. And then after that, I signed up to become an associate. And then currently I'm on my practicum. So uh, very soon I should complete my associate level and then getting ready for my certified level. So that's what led me to all of this. And I think in the 20, yes, same year, we hosted another webinar. At uh, this time, that's year, that was practically two years ago. We had to say, okay, we need to bring in dyslexia advocates from all around the world. And so I, I partnered with my friend and we started this together and that's Martin Bloomfield. So, so Inclusive Classroom Engineering in collaboration with Dyslexia Bites, we had to start an awareness program to say, okay, we needed to reach out to more teachers. And so we connected, it's called, uh, you know, Dyslexia Awareness, the next 
stage for African collaborators. So we had to connect with dyslexia advocates around the continent. And then we had such a very great time in that uh, webinar. So about the webinar, I said enough of webinars, yeah, because majority of the participants are not even people I could access instantly. So let's yeah. let's deal with my immediate community. And so that's why I said, okay, now we're gonna stop uh, webinars for now and let's just start reaching out to the communities. So we had to take a step forward with Inclusive Classroom Nigeria. The lessons I'm learning on the science of reading from the Autonomy training. So I started training teachers personally without any form of media publicity and then reaching out to schools. So I go to schools in underserved communities, just train the teachers if the time comes or directly impacting the pupils. So I only do that twice a week. Currently now, I only do that twice a week because of other commitments. So just go to those schools. There's a the curriculum already with my, uh, sometimes with uh, my volunteers and sometimes I just have to do that because of logistics reasons. So my volunteers, we keep having training on the uh, basics of dyslexia, and then the science of reading, essentially, so us to be able to empower other teachers and get the work done. Thank you. Wow. Uh, I'm super impressed. One thing I think I've picked up from everything you said is that you're a go-getter. Like, you, you see something and then you decide you want to do it and you just go at it. And, you know, I think that's a very beautiful attribute to have as a person. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Thank you for your kind words. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so now that we know how the whole story started from, could you just give us a? And we now know that you are now you're working. You you are now an associate, and you're working on getting your certificate. I would like you to you know tell us in lame terms, just for the general public, what what exactly is dyslexia? We don't want big words. We want watered down definition. So if you can do that for us. Okay, well, yes, uh, I I want to say I needed to be very careful with this because in this month, the Dyslexia Awareness Month, I'd created a, uh, a particular strategy to reach out to people in their main language. So one of the things I said in one of those posts was to say, uh, your beginners are be rich. So if you be like saying get dyslexia, that's a pigeon explanation that sees a child who is struggling to read. Now, Dyslexia is not the only reading disability that exists yeah. out there, but essentially most of our kids who struggle to read are actually uh, showing symptoms of dyslexia. That's the first. Then the second is in the Yoruba explanation is to say that so that's just dyslexia. So mm. essentially you should know that then you should go for screening. Yes, eventually by the time you screen, you may not, it may or may not be dyslexia, but should I say nine in 10, eventually turns out to have uh, you know, dyslexia. So, as uh, what I'm saying in nutshell is inability to be able to read. And this does not have to relate with intelligence. The child is smart. The child does not have any issue with his or highs. Everything yeah. is perfect, but still struggles to read. It's a symptom for dyslexia. Thank you. All right. You're welcome, sir. So, um, you're saying that if somebody cannot read, what if, um, you know, sometimes we people can say, or as if he doesn't want to read me, it's laziness that is doing him now. So where, where do we draw the line between? Because in actual fact, there are some of our children that actually like, they are lazy. They don't want to read their book and they just, they just don't want to 
they don't just they just don't like the idea of study. So where do we draw the line between um, a child being lazy and not just wanting to study and a child that is actually struggling with studying? So where do we draw that without just without going for any test right now? So but let me almost all the time that that's nothing to do with this uh, laziness. That's nothing to do with laziness. So um, apparently it's not about laziness. It's not about intelligence. The child is struggling as much as uh, he could or she could, but finding it difficult because I needed to clarify that it has been a challenge to me too because there is no universally acceptable definition of dyslexia. And that was why I tried to explain in yeah. our basic languages as much as the two I can speak. So that's to say that, number one, dyslexia is a disability. Yes, apparently we have so many, uh, you know, uh, movement now saying dyslexia is not an, a disability, it's a difference, or to say this, dyslexia is a superpower and all of that. Yes, I, 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 as much as I try to appreciate that and acknowledge that, I also needed to clarify that uh, it is classified as a disability from the outset because just like the word this and dyslexia, so disability with mm. words, all right? So now that's to not that always jumping. It's not about, uh, you know, a child sees a word. You know, one of the things I used to try to clarify about my people is a movie called like Stars on Nets, Every yeah. Child is Special. Many times people associate that movie to dyslexia. And to be honest, uh, one of the principal, uh, you know, characteristics they see about the boy is not a characteristic of a dyslexic kid. That is called really? Island Island syndrome, I-R-L-E-N syndrome. So dyslexic do not see words jumping around. Dyslexic mm. do not need any co color overlay. And we needed to get this word out because I also see many dyslexic advocates saying this, that, okay, you, you know, dyslexic kids, they see words jumping around. If you put mm. a color over things, it will help them. If you give them some glasses, I've seen international organizations reaching out to me to say, okay, there are some games they will give to dyslexic kids and they will help them uh, brain training and all of that. Yes, uh, appreciably, things like that have been used in many parts of the world. But when we go by research, there's little research to confirm that. So yeah. uh, the way we understand research is that, uh, dyslexia is that dyslexia is, uh, is a neurobiological, neurological uh, difficulty, if I don't want to use the word disability. So it's about the brain, all right? Yeah. And then it says... Uh, another thing we could also say it is phonological in nature. So it's about a child having difficulty with the way to sound phonemes, to be able to sound out letters and words. So it has nothing to do with the eyes, the sights, and all of that. So now, uh, apparently, a child may not be lazy, a child may be lazy, but that has yeah. nothing to do with dyslexia. So what we're saying is whether the child is lazy or not, the child may have dyslexia and that what we should focus on is not about the laziness but about the presence of that uh difference if i may continue to use the word difference thank you all right so thank you so much um so i would like us to also talk about how do people actually like dyslexia is it contagious is it uh if I stay around somebody that has dyslexia, I can like the disorder jump from that person's brain to my own. So how do people actually get dyslexia? And um, 
yeah, that's that's the question. All right, thank you for that question. Dyslexia is not a communicable disease. So that's the first. So it's not something that jumps on other people. It's something that's it's it's hereditary. I must admit that it's, it is hereditary. So there are chances that uh, if a sibling has dyslexia, if a parent has dyslexia, mm -hmm. may run in the family. We had webinars whereby uh, people acknowledge that yes, uh, these are the realities. And when we do dyslexia assessments, this is one of the questions, demographic questions we try to check through. Now that being said, you cannot sit next to one, someone or uh, two pupils in the class then. One is dyslexic and the other yeah. is not, and then it sheds, it spreads, no. And then it's not also a product of, I know you have not asked that, but let me also clarify. It's not a product of poor teaching. That is because the teacher mm. cannot teach. That's mm. why the child is having dyslexia. No, the yeah. child may have dyslexia and then apparently probably uh, what is going on with the child that is uh, the, the teacher on the inability to be able to provide enough resources may not yeah. be able to help the child, but that is not to say that that is the cause of the dyslexia. So that's just to explain that that's nothing to do with external factors. External factors may trigger it, external factors may, may find, uh, make it difficult to resolve issues like that, but that is not factors are actually the causes of dyslexia. Thank you. All right, all right. So if I can summarize, the, one of the basic ways a, a person can get dyslexia is through hereditary. Like if a parent has dyslexia, there's a possible chance that the child would also have it. All right, thank you so much. Um, so yes, we've been talking about how um, if, if one sees that a child is struggling with um, reading, it's best that you check um, whether or not he or she has dyslexia. So, but how do we go about that? So assuming I know somebody that's struggling with reading, what, how do I go about ensuring or verifying that the person has dyslexia? What are the steps I'm supposed to take? Okay, uh, that's the one challenge with dyslexia is that it's not something that you could just conclude. I've seen people concluding it a lot. Uh, especially with dyslexia and some other popular disabilities, uh, the child is not reading, that's dyslexia and all of that, no. Uh, one basic thing I keep saying to educators is, uh, for us at Inclusive Classroom Nigeria, we provide a simple assessment. So if a child is finding it difficult to read, we can just screen and assess the child. So essentially, and that is not a diagnosis. I needed to also clarify that you have to get a practical psych diagnosis. We don't do that, uh, admittedly, but we do screening and we do assessment. So if the result of the screening and the assessment shows symptoms uh, of dyslexia or shows that uh, possibly there's a presence of dyslexia, then that is what we can improve on. But if we don't have anything like that, then apparently not. So we don't conclude this until the child has been assessed or uh, simply just screened, just simple screeners. Um, if an assessment is done and there are symptoms of, like the child is showing symptoms, result shows that there are symptoms of dyslexia, what's, what then is the next step? Do I go to a doctor? What kind of, you know, if you have issues with your eye, you probably go to an optician. Uh, so in this case where I've taken an assessment from um, Inclusive Nigeria and I want to be diagnosed, what is the step I'm going to take? Okay, that's a very brilliant question. 
after assessments and screening and then you want to go for diagnosis we have partners that we partner with that we could always refer but i need to clarify and i don't want to this is not a promotional uh conversation so i don't want to come up with that but i need to always clarify that it's not about matching boxes and doing more of this brain training and no no uh no offense no i'm not trying to label any organization or anyone but Dyslexia is much more beyond that. So it's not about saying that it's not something that will be cured. And that's another thing I need to clarify. I wish there could be a, a graphical presentation and you could see MR, fMRI studies, that's uh, uh, functional magnetic resonance imaging, uh, practical studies have shown that the brain of a dyslexic is that different from a, a non-dyslexic. So it's not about brain correction. It's not about all of that. What happens is that when the child is exposed to uh, efficient, uh, what some people call structured literacy, uh, we mm. discover that there is a change in the brain. So mm. that is, it's also has to go through the right process. That is the teaching in the right process. It's not, it's not a quick fix method that then the child just picks up. And it's not something about home lesson or extra lessons. No, it's not about doing more. It's about doing the right thing. So mm. uh, I work with a couple of uh, students and, uh, you know, the, the parents keep saying, Oh, the, the child is not reading. No, it's not about that. It's you have to go through the foundation. And most times you have to go through the foundation, the, the pillars of reading. And most times we even have to start with the alphabetic principles and then understand the weights. It all goes through that. So I keep emphasizing that even in the process of getting diagnosis, you must be careful to ensure that you get it with the right source. So one major source I always refer that you can always get the right information about dyslexia. Is, okay, let me mention two. There are a number of that, but let me mention two. One is the International Dyslexia Association. The International Dyslexia Association provides uh, valid information about dyslexia and all of the questions you may want to know. And the next is uh, reading rockets for educators. You could also get a very good information from that. So essentially what we're saying is this. Uh, you must be careful. Therefore, so when you're trying to get information about dyslexia, when you're trying to uh, get resources, it's very, very important. Thank you. All right. Uh, thank you so much, sir. So I would want us to still talk a little bit about, uh, you have been mentioning uh, the symptoms of, like you've been saying, what symptoms of dyslexia. And I know from what you, you said so far, I know struggling to read is one of the major symptoms well, are there any other thing that we can look out for that can point us towards the fact that a child might have dyslexia or an adult might have dyslexia apart from struggling to read are there any other symptoms that comes with having dyslexia i wish they were i sincerely wish they were and it would have helped us better but they are not sufficient to be considered as causes of as symptoms of dyslexia. So for example, one of uh, such popular one is when an individual, probably a child, is writing B as D or writing P, you know, as Q and all of that. Yes, th those are very good things, but reversals are one of the ways by which every young learner uh, is once is something that happens to almost every young learner. So dude, that's not sufficient. But when it continues, uh, at, at grade one, a child is expected to, okay, I conducted a survey and majority of the teachers believe uh, that a child should be able to read from grade three. So if we use grade three to peg it, so a child is struggling to read at grade three, maybe showing symptoms of dyslexia. And an adult 
who has been exposed to the basics of reading and still struggle to read, I work with, uh, okay, currently I have just one left. I have met adults that we're supposed to work with the guy together, but because of commitments of adulthood and the labor yeah. of some of them continue. So, but I still have one who, who is still active and apparently she had been taught, and in fact, she's through secondary school and up to now, she still does not read. So uh, we are still working on her. So what we're saying is that's that if, I wish there were other things I could just okay to because I am from so, so uh, you know, so, uh, social cultural group and all of that. This may be the symptoms of this may be the reason. But practically, it has to all, all go back to phonological awareness. So, uh, for example, you have to do testing on phonemic awareness and phonological awareness to understand. So what everybody can do with rhyming, if uh, someone who has dyslexia may find it very difficult to do. What someone can do with blending and all of that, someone with dyslexia may find it difficult. So uh, those uh, phonological awareness activities would definitely be difficult. Another thing we also do is rapid automatic naming. So it's called RAN. So many times uh, for both adults and uh, young adults, they find it very difficult to do things like that. So we already know that these are indicators and they are not sufficient, mm. just like as I've said, until a proper diagnosis is done. Thank you. All right, sir. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, so I would also want to ask, you know, when when I when you see someone wearing glasses, you know that the person has an issue with their eye. But you know, there are different variations of eye problems. We have short-sightedness, long-sightedness. And so is there like, is that a situation in dyslexia? Do we have different variations of dyslexia? Are there different types of dyslexia? Okay, yes, yes, uh, apparently there are severities. So some are severely dyslexic. So for example, a kid that we've been working on for two years and then the kid is still finding it difficult to read. So that's, that's severely dyslexic and some are mildly MILD. So some dyslexia is just mild. So they may struggle with some things, but not with other things. And then we also need to consider the comorbidity. Most times dyslexia comorbids with one major learning disability, which is ADHD. And interestingly, both are celebrated on the same month. Actually, October is neurodiversity month. So many neurodiversity issues are celebrated in October, but ADHD and dyslexia receives much uh, much more attention. So sometimes some individuals who are dyslexic may also have symptoms of dyspraxia or dyscalculia. So uh, what, what I'm saying that's just to clarify uh, what I mean by severity. Sometimes the severity may not just be about dyslexia, it may also be that the child also have uh, you know, symptoms of other learning disability yeah. that are uh, impinging on uh, the current work that we're doing uh, regarding dyslexia. Thank you. Uh, so, I have, I have, um, you have spoken about how um, dyslexia can be treated, but can it be cured? Is it something that, uh, you know, how you've mentioned that we, you can work on some people and you, you use the right techniques and they, they learn to read. So when they learn to read, does it mean that the dyslexia they have has been cured or they've just found a way to just live with it? So can dyslexia be cured? I'm sorry, I did not get the question, but I think the part I got clearly was the part of dyslexia being cured. Yes, so I was asking that. Dyslexia um, cannot be cured. Okay. Oh. Be 
the term is remediation. So uh, a dyslexic kid may be remediated. So dyslexia may be remediated. So and that the process is what we call remediation. So that implies if you if you run an fMRI scan on uh, the brain of a, a dyslexic individual, you discover that the brain there's a change like after remediation. So that's what happens eventually. But that does not mean the person is is no longer dyslexic. The person is still dyslexic, but the person is still able to do what every other person uh, who is not dyslexic can do. But that does not change it in the reality. Uh... Then one of we're rounding up quickly, and one of my last questions will be: Can a dyslexic person actually have like a normal life? Can they? You mentioned that uh, now you said it cannot be cured, but it can be remediated. So does that allow them have a normal life? They go at whatever it is they want to do, and they are not they are not um, dyslexia is no longer a problem for them, and they can do whatever it is they want to do. Okay, I may not know what you normality is is actually a very uh relative term. So if I may if if you're not if your definition of normality is the ability to be able to function well, just relate with everybody and do things as expected, and then I can say confidently that yes, every dyslexic individual has the opportunity to be able to live every life they dream of and define so without any challenge, without any difficulty. So it's the, the, the presence of dyslexia does not mean that the person will not be able to work well or not be able to relate well. No. In fact, uh, you know, some studies have proven that individuals with dyslexia also have some other strengths. So uh, which is which has led to that movement that is called uh, you know, uh, the positivity of dyslexia, which they refer to as dyslexia is my superpower. So individuals with dyslexia sometimes are even able to see some things that other individuals are not, have not been able to see because they are very good scientists, they are very good observers, they are very good at calculation, uh, calculating things. They may find it difficult to read. They may find it difficult to do some uh, basic things that has to do with words, but they are very good with other areas. So, and that does not mean they will not be able to be, they, they are not good at sports. In fact, they excel at sports and many other areas. So. Uh, unlike some physical disability that may impinge on their, uh, you know, lifestyle, dyslexia may never impinge on some individual's lifestyle because it's a learning disability. And then with remediation and appropriate accommodation, the kid is good to go. Or the individual, let me know this is kids. All right, thank you. All right, thank you so much. Uh, my last question now will be, you mentioned that you are currently undergoing training. Uh, so, Perhaps someone like me too, I want to um, be able to train people on teaching dyslexics and I want to you know, have all the skills needed to support a dyslexic child. Where do you think I can go to to get that training? So perhaps there's somebody listening to us right now and probably maybe a parent that thinks that their child has dyslexia and they want to have the skills to be able to you know, work with that child, what would you advise that person would do? Okay, yes, uh, good question. My training has uh, I've been on the, it's called the Auton Gilligan training. So my, it is, it is not cheap, uh, going by our exchange rates, it's very expensive. I am privileged to get funding and then also 
uh, yes, just I got funding to get it done. So literally, that is the gold standard of reading. That is, is referred to as the gold standard of reading. It's been on research proven. Uh, the OGB has been on for, that should be about 30 years now. Uh, the, the program, the, the one of the uh, psychologists who founded the term dyslexia is Samuel Otten. And uh, he's one of the people who actually founded this uh, process. And it's not, it's not a, it's not, how do I explain? It's not a program. The autonomous training is not a program. It's an approach to teaching. So mm. it's, it is an approach to teaching, and then it works for kids who have learning disabilities, specifically dyslexia. So while other kids may benefit, such as kids who have dyscalculia and the likes, uh, sorry, uh, dysgraphia and the likes, yes, but uh, it actually works more with kids who have dyslexia, and then it uses the multi-sensory approach to be able to teach. Now, uh, I would also recommend, which is actually one of the Otongiligam approved training, which is called the Certified Academic Language Therapist. So uh, that, that's a very good one. So ALT is a good one, but these are not local uh, trainings. Now, we, what we do as Inclusive Classroom Manager is to say, okay, uh, we've improved it. I have been privileged to be able to access this. So let me democratize this same uh, opportunity. And that's why I train my volunteers. Bible volunteer in inclusive classroom Nigeria, those in the training department. So we do trainings and then the same principles are explained and then the same individuals are able to also teach uh, kids who have these learning disabilities. So that is what we do. So uh, for me, uh, for now in Nigeria, I cannot, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I cannot say that this is a specific place where you should go because uh, I keep saying that for us in Nigeria, yes, we may have done, we may have a big, we may have big organizations who are doing amazing things, but uh, from what I know, we are still at the cradle stage. So we have, we don't have enough empirical studies on dyslexia in Nigeria, just a few. So we needed to understand that any intervention should be research, my own standard, let me just say, I always believe that every research, every intervention program should be, should have evidence from research. So and we are positive of research so but if there is any organization who got training and i don't want to mention any other organization so it won't look as if it's promotional but any organization who had got uh, this quality training also i think they are good places too but without any form of bias i would not want to mention any for now thank you all right so um I, I I don't know, but this um, podcast is a huge chunk of our audience are teenagers. So I wanted to know if uh, there's somebody listening or someone will be listening to this in the future and they say, oh, okay, I think I want to be um, actively involved in this lecture awareness and I want to be a part of um, the vision of inclusive Nigeria. What would, what, what are the steps he or she would take? Uh, is this um, in, inclusive classroom Nigeria open to receiving volunteers, um, in, open to receiving people who want to join the vision? Yeah, apparently we are, we are open, we receive volunteers consistently and the process is just uh, very simple. There's a form to fill and it's, it's pro bono, so you don't need to pay and we don't pay also, we don't make any payments for um, anyone. So. We do, uh, we, 
actually we are two. We have uh, the mother organization is Inclusive Classroom Nigeria. Now there is the non for profit which is also Inclusive Classroom for Dyslexia. Uh, when we lend us with Dyslexia Foundation, which is actually registered as a non for profit uh, incorporated trustee. So the point is this: we we allow that. And for a teenager who is listening to this, I think the major thing. <laughs> It may not be he or she may not be required to come for training. I think he or she should still continue with his studies. I'm at the point of completing my master's degree, so I'm still going for more further postgraduate programs. So that is to say that apparently you should focus on other trainings. But if there's anyone who is who has finished a level outside high school and is willing to volunteer, you could just log into our website, inclusivenigeria.org, or just any of our social media handle. I can reach, reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. <clears throat> That's fine. Or reach out to our page on LinkedIn. So we have our page on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn. So that's one. But my word to teenagers who are struggling with reading is that, yes, uh, I have this quote to say that most of our teachers are struggling as much as the learners. So you should not blame your teachers to mm. say, OK, teacher cannot teach you. No. Your teacher may, uh, is, I wish your teacher had the right information that your teacher should, would be more empowered to be able to help you. So in that regard, be open. Uh, I wish there is, uh, we are working on uh, providing more content out there that anyone who is even, you know, who can just view, like just a video, is able to understand some of these techniques that we used to teach so then they can practice it themselves and then move on. So because we understand that, we are limited by distance and then resources is not enough to reach out to everyone. So in the meantime, I just wish everyone well and I hope that just keep learning. But the challenge is there are so many false information about dyslexia out there on the internet and you have to be careful about what you learn. So, but if you just stick to the International Dyslexia Association, I think they have enough resources that you could benefit with, both as a parent, as an educator, or as uh, an individual with dyslexia thank you all right uh one more thing before we go uh i understand that you mentioned that um, there are a lot of information out there and uh, for teenagers that are still curious are there any books that you feel like oh okay these are books that you like or in your own opinion you feel like they have good information that they can read any recommendations at all for us Okay, yeah, I've read a lot of books on dyslexia and some are easy to read and some are very difficult to read and understanding that age group and the vocabulary used in the book and all of that. So I would always recommend still back to the International Dyslexia Association, the website. I, I rarely visit the website now, but I know the website is something I can always refer to now because mm. on the website you have so many infographics and so many other things you could see yourself that would mm. help. Now, uh, a popular book that I can always recommend is uh, Speech to Print. That's for educators, for individuals and for parents, probably overcoming dyslexia. That's also a very good book. Or any of David Kipatrick's books on phonological awareness. So it, it exposes you to the fundamentals of phonological awareness and then helps you to be able to understand how to build yourself on it. So uh, that's just it. About the challenge is that all of these books would also require that you read more and then get access to other, some other information. And the challenge also, again, is the vocab. Some of the vocabulary used in the words are not things we are familiar with. So when yeah. you see, uh, you know, uh, comprehension, 
your understanding of comprehension may just be an aspect of English that we teach yeah. in Nigeria, but it's actually much more than that. So fluency, you may be thinking, okay, fluency is the ability to be able to speak English correctly, but no, it's not, it's more than that. So it will expose you to some other of these nitty gritties that are foundation for the reading experience and how to better understand the process. Thank you. Right. Thank you so much, Mr. Steven Emmanuel. Is there any last words you have for us before we go today? Any last words at all? Yeah, generally to the public, let's keep raising awareness. Everyone can do that. The history of anything about dyslexia awareness has always been stronger with parents. So including in our countries to sub-organizations that pioneered this are actually uh, individuals who have first-hand experience with their kids. So, and then they were curious and then they started and like, wow. So just like I also had, my experience was not with any child, but it was a lived experience. So, so mm -hmm. uh, practical experience saying, okay, wow, 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 wow. So please tell someone to tell someone and then you keep spreading the word up until now, as much as many people know, some people call me professor of dyslexia or like a dyslexia ambassador and all of that. Yet many people still do not understand dyslexia. So I, I still got a message recently about with a friend of mine who shared some of our content and then she was being asked questions on dyslexia and then she says, Stephen, I'll start referring people to you again because uh, I cannot answer some of those questions. So that has to say that we are limited. So, so many people need to know about this. That's one. If you are there and you have symptoms of dyslexia, that's not the end of the world. That's not, that's not all. You have so many skills. You have so many things you could do. So please be open and then be willing to learn. I wish you can be exposed to the science of reading and then the structured literacy procedures to be able to understand how learning works for you and how to gain a mastery of that. For teachers, please open, be open for um, continuous professional development. We do a lot for teachers so and so many organizations around the world. But please be careful and verify that it's actually the right procedures. So please be open to learn more and then it will help your teaching and learning process to reduce frustration. Teachers are frustrated, I must say. So to reduce a lot of frustration and then to parents, your child having dyslexia does not mean he or she is a witch or is the is demonic or some- Or has a mental Exactly, that we have attributed dyslexia to in Nigeria, but that just says that you have a special child. So and understand that this kid is, is unique and is different and then can be built, can be developed. So that's all. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Steven. It was lovely having you on our podcast. And I don't know, hopefully in the future, we bring you back for another uh, episode on dyslexia awareness. I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, and please um, send my regards to everybody in Inclusive Classroom Nigeria. Thank you so, so, so much for your time. And have a wonderful week, sir. All right. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Do have a blessed day, sir. You too. Bye, sir. Thank you for listening. If you have been blessed by this topic, Please share with your friends and also drop reviews on the community page or our email. You can also share with us burdens on your heart or topics you would want us to talk about. Feel free to give to promote the spread of this podcast by partnering with us on our website at allthingsthenpodcast.disha.page. Thank you for your constant support. See you next week.